It's the Theonauts, episode 186. The one where when I read where God says I am, I just look at him and I say I am too. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hey, all you little be cute little Theo gods, you. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. <laughs> and together we are the, the Theonauts. <laughs> yeah. That's the best intro we've ever done. Ever. Mark it. What's this episode? What number are we on? 186. What? It took us that long in order to come up with the greatest intro of all time. Oh man, that's hilarious, David. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> and this isn't even my topic. Like, it's <laughs> how's everything? Hey, you. <laughs> How you been, dude? Uh, I'm okay. How's everything going? Oh, uh, it's going great. Living the life in Oklahoma land. Oh yeah, so, uh, I can imagine. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've uh, we've conversed on the microphone. I know what. There's some differences. Your hair is uh, growing. Yes, quite I, a bit. I have not cut my hair since oh, somewhere around the first of the year. <laughs> you, you do understand that the whole Samson thing doesn't work for you, right? Really, it's biblical. Yeah. <laughs> It's so biblical, you're right. But uh, in your case, no, David. You need a slingshot and five smooth stones. That's what you need. I <laughs> am not David. <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, the video is like really junking out. Are you, uh, do you see me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. um, you know this. We're we're doing this on a different technology this time. We did we did Zoom before. We're using Discord right now, and right. Um, it, it at least shows you your video signal quality or your uh, speed. And right I'm now, it. yeah, it is pretty low. I'm showing like 89 milliseconds or something. So maybe it'll pick, nice. pick back up here in a minute. But um, but yeah, it it actually I, I like the sound quality a little bit better. Sounds like you're in the room more than you were before. Right. So Yeah, the sound quality is way better. I just, uh, like, it's chopping, so I want to make sure we're recording good. But anyways, so, yeah, uh, so your hair's growing out. I just went and got an 80, I, I kid you not, an $80 haircut, and I didn't realize that it was going to be $80 until they said that'll be $80, and I about, like, Crap my pants. It was, it wow. was not, not a pretty sight. But 
Happy Father's Day to me. I'm looking uh, nice and big. yeah, I like First it. Time, yeah, thanks. High and tight. First time I've ever actually gotten my beard shaved and trimmed and yeah, made fancy. So I'm I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> I might have to keep spending that money for uh, <clears throat> my look, my brand. <laughs> Just pay attention <laughs> to what they're doing so that you can replicate it at home. There you go. At least on the well, be- yeah. on the beard, yeah for sure she did she told me you need to follow these guidelines i've given you oh she gave so, you guidelines I, yeah but i haven't shaved in a couple of days so <laughs> i better i better go ahead and do that bite the bullet but yeah. uh well we saw each other what was it two weeks ago yes at young right. jack neal's wedding dun, 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 fellow theo not that was fun you did their counseling i got them hitched yeah it was great yeah, it was a tag team. <laughs> Only I didn't have and to. Then, per- I didn't yeah. have to perform publicly, just privately. Right, exactly. <laughs> which is preferable. <laughs> <laughs> and then we both jumped into the pool with our clothes on. That was great too. Yeah, we're disruptive <laughs> like that. <So>. Yeah. <laughs> Yolo theonauts, right? Yeah, that's right. Is Yolo even a thing anymore? I don't know. Answer us. Is Yolo a thing? Let us know yeah, in the because uh, Jeremiah is still in the youth uh, ministry programs, so he needs to <laughs> be on fleek with his <laughs> go <laughs> on fleek. I'm pretty sure on fleek is done with. Oh, that was short lived. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's ratchet now, man. Ratchet. So, uh, yeah, meaning like bad. I don't know ratchet yeah i don't know it's it's not lit uh <laughs> bet <laughs> talking we to you slowly degraded yeah, like, talking to you now is like talking to you know a um a, <laughs> it's not they're not even millennials now they're what are they uh gen uh, z huh gen z likes talking gen z, that's right it's gen z lingo <laughs> <laughs> which you know this generation seems to have more of a language specific to them than any that has come along in the you know in the in the recent I, past i think that that's on purpose like they're really trying to uh distance themselves from the millennial crowd yeah so that would be me by the way i'm a millennial i'm the very first year of the millennials so yeah i'm a millennial falcon and you <laughs> You're just old. <laughs> Technically, I am Gen X. Oh yeah, a Gen Xer. Yeah, you're you're the cool guy the millennials all looked up to. <laughs> Which might explain this podcast, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. Gen X was was kind of known for plaid and grunge. That was, <laughs> which is pretty much what you still live off of, is plaid. <laughs> And well, not grunge, you're metalcore, but you know, yeah, well, I still like grunge, yeah, me too. <clears throat> but anyway, we digress. Hey, there's um, I want to do a special shout out right now, yes, yes, yes. So, one of our listeners recently had a birthday, and so I want to, I want to give her a quick little shout out, right quick. Her name, you have a poem or. Uh, no, I don't have a poem, actually. You didn't write a song? 
No, I didn't. Uh, we might could sing to what her. What kind of shout out are you going to do, David? Man. I don't know. It's like, okay, so I want to shout out to one of our listeners, Samantha Avery. Samantha Avery so, just, she just celebrated sorry. a birthday on Juneteenth, June 19th. She had, she had a birthday and she finished high school. Yay! So, way to go, Samantha! Congratulations, Samantha. I I understand that uh, you've been listening for a while, and um, we want to thank you for uh, right. for tuning in, even though that we're not always here. Uh, I was hoping <laughs> we would actually be able to give this shout out to you before your birthday, but you know, this is the way things happen. That's right. But you know what? For right right now. As penance, David is going to sing happy birthday to you. So go ahead and take it away, David. Sure. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Samantha. Happy birthday to you. Sweet, sultry sounds of David's voice singing happy birthday. So I hear that she is going to a Christian university soon. So congrats on that, Sam, and good luck. I have some advice for you. Don't let them tell you what to believe. Yes. Let them show you how to learn so that you can form your own beliefs. It's an important thing. Now, of course, based on Scripture, but don't let them tell you what to believe, but let them show you how to study. Yes. Big deal. That's uh, that's the best advice you could probably get going into a Christian university. That's right. So, that's right. So, so Jeremiah's having to take that same advice. He just started the uh, his seminary. That yeah, I just finished my first class with the ninety six. By the way, so yeah, you know, yeah. kind of a big deal, kind yeah. of a you know, but it was intro to New Testament. So if I didn't get a ninety six, and I've been doing this podcast for lord knows how long then uh you should probably tune not tune in <laughs> yeah because obviously don't know what i'm talking about but hey good confirmation yeah so i don't fun. i don't know i would probably get like booted out of seminary i don't know then- hey i did i did straight up quote my professor in a uh <laughs> in an article and basically say how he was wrong about a passage of scripture. So and it didn't get me booted out. Good. So I still got a good grade. Wow. Although I imagine he was pretty biased after that against me. Sorry, dude. Sorry, Dr. Wicker. My yeah. bad, dude. Yeah, you You're should, great. You're a great professor. You should tune into the Theonauts more often. That's right. Maybe learn a maybe, thing or two. Yeah, you maybe learn something. <laughs> maybe... <laughs> Maybe before you go to teaching seminary, you should listen to some Theonauts. That's awesome. (laughs) All right, man, you want to dive into this? Hey, let's do it. All right, here we go. Okay, so what kind of spawned this study we're going to be talking about is um we yeah, co- go ahead. we've collectively collectively watched a um a documentary that is on Netflix it's on Amazon Prime probably several other streaming venue or uh, avenues 
and that is a documentary called American Gospel Christ Alone. And I got to say, this is amazing. I'm, I'm like floored that that a um, a documentary that is so pro-Christian and so theologically sound is actually on these streaming secular, well, you know, our last episode was secular versus sacred. Right. <laughs> is right. there such a thing? At the same time. <clears throat> but yeah, this it's not the type of documentary that you see on these streaming platforms. And this thing knocks the ball right out of the park. Like it is, yeah. it is very, uh, very biblically sound, and it's focused primarily on the gospel, obviously with a title like that. But the whole point is that the West, Western Christianity has made church about a lot of things other than the gospel, other than Christ alone, and that's what this documentary is focused on. And so um, we both really enjoyed it. In fact, I'm now sharing it with our life group on Wednesday nights, and we were uh, going through it and watching it and discussing it. And, and we watched the first half last week, and everybody just was enthralled with it. Like, it was, um, it, it's, it's a really good study. If you haven't seen this, uh, go see it. It's, um, it, it, it's, it's very beneficial. <clears throat> yeah, it's in, it's incredible. I uh, and at first I kind of blew it off because I, I had seen people talk about it on um, some of my social media sites like Reform Pub. Yeah. And usually Reform Pub, they're they're great. I'm not going to knock them, but I, I'm not 100% reformed. And so a lot of these <sighs> documentaries that they posted, some of them are just really really. I want to say pharisaical, uh, honestly, <laughs> like one of them is really pharisaical about worship. Um, and the idea it's based off of the whole strange fire thing. Um, oh and my gosh. It, it's pretty bad. And so the same people who were promoting that one were promoting this one. And so I kind of blew it off until I was at the wedding and Kevin said, you need to watch American gospel. It's incredible. And yeah. I'm like, huh, okay, then maybe I'll check it out. So I came home, and that next night I watched it, and I was just in tears by the end of it because I was te- I was in tears all the way through it. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Like there's the tons first, of stuff in it that just yeah. busted the me. The first half of that documentary, they just bend it showing you what the gospel is, mm-hmm. you know, just breaking down very practically this is the gospel. And through that, they're able to show you how so many people have taken and twisted it into something that that is totally not. And so one of the things that stuck out to me um, was, uh, you you might call it the Word of Faith movement, um, the Charismatic movement, uh, layman's terms, name it, claim it movement, um, and, and how that's basically what they're calling the American gospel in the in the uh, documentary and it just mm-hmm. like it stuck in my crawl and it's something I haven't been able to let go of um, <laughs> to the point where like I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing camp with my students uh, in a couple weeks and my whole focus, I'm going to be teaching straight up gospel because mm-hmm. I think that they need to hear it more than anything else because 
what's being sold to them on a public forum right now is is a bill of goods um and and i want them to be assured and understand what the gospel is and so that's what brought us i guess to this topic i i uh mentioned today that we should do this and uh and since then like studying it and pulling out like the background of it it's just kind of a shock yeah so uh a little bit go ahead well i was basically going to say that um the the documentary covers several things yeah uh, it does uh, doctrines that are based around performance too this hit very close to home for me um that works-based doctrines um and the whole point of the of the documentary is that when when the focus is not on Christ alone like that mm-hmm. is whenever when it's focused on you like it's focused on your performance or you're focused on your ability to go to God or to be a God or to, you know, whatever else. If your focus is on your health or your prosperity or your works or anything other than Jesus, like if you're not focused on Jesus, then it is completely mishandled and completely focused in the wrong areas. And so this concept of being little gods was one of the things that, to be honest, I even though I have heard a lot of word of faith preaching, <clears throat> I had really never never really heard this um, this this push this this concept that we are little gods um, until the documentary, and then. Uh, you had dived in, dove into it and and sent some videos and and I was watching some of the um, things on it as well and it it's actually very intriguing how they've twisted things so that it's all about us like that's kind of what the the problem with it is is that it's all about us and not about Jesus right and that's that's the that's the big <laughs> thing. It's very, you have to walk a very fine line. Like I was listening to some of these word of faith preachers um, and they're very inspirational and very, very witty in their um, hermeneutic. Uh, And if you're not careful, you can like most of the stuff I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's great. Like one of the videos I shared with you earlier today was a lot like that like 80 percent of what he was saying i was like that's that's good that's right but then there's subtle little twists right mm-hmm. and it changes those little details change the whole dynamic of even soteriology change the whole dynamic of, of salvation yes um and so we have to be very careful in walking this very fine line so a little bit of uh the um the background um, behind the Word of Faith movement, as you call it. So there was an evangelist, E.W. Kenyon, um, who is basically the the author of this movement, if you want to call him that. Um, but and and he was he lived in the early uh, 1900s was his ministry, um, and he wasn't that popular. Uh, and but he 
he was kind of popular, but this this movement didn't pick up ground and footworth until a guy that you probably have heard of, Kenneth Hagen, mm-hmm. right? right? And Kenneth Hagen right. was he's considered the the father of the word of faith movement. Like he's the he's the guy, and he passed it on to Kenneth Copeland, uh, Benny Hinn, um, Todd White. Um, and Creflo Dollar, Creflo Dollar, uh, Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes, um, T.D. Jakes. Yeah. And, uh, um, of course, Joel Osteen. Yeah. Joel Osteen is, believe it or not, he's a word of faith guy. Um, or he, he fits into this category because of his belief system. Um, and so the basic premise, so the thing that they present to the public, the main thing is this that when God saved you, he saved you completely, which is absolutely right. Yes. Right? God God did save you completely. But what they mean about that is physically and spiritually completely, to the point where you should never get sick, you should never suffer financial problems, you should never suffer marital problems, you should never suffer... Um, in any way, God wants you to enjoy good health, financial success, and a blessed life. Yes. That's their message. Because Jesus paid that penalty so that you could have that. Okay? Which is and funny they, because they, this is this is basically American consumerism that is wrapped around all of this. So so it's like the concept is, well, we're Americans and uh, you know, it's the, 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 the American dream is actually, it's like it's the melding of that with this concept of Christianity and, and how, um, how we obtain our American dream through our faith and through our uh, the, the, the simple fact that we are gods ourselves and we can therefore command um, obedience of the natural realm <laughs> to our needs. Right. And so, um, like, like you said, this really does stem <clears throat> from American consumerism and, and it's American product. Um, none of this was being taught prior to American prosperity. Uh, if you look in history, mm-hmm. um, in fact, the, the exact opposite was being taught from the time of Jesus. Uh, you look at Paul and what Paul says all over scripture is, well, I mean, look at Philippians <laughs> for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Right. My suffering is what's bringing about uh, God's glory. Right. And so you have this whole theme of, of God allowing man to suffer so that his glory is brought about and all this. But then, with American consumerism, we have this idea and is it today it's to the point of entitlement um, mm-hmm. where we believe that we're owed. I deserve it. Health. That's right. Uh, we're owed health, wealth, and prosperity simply because we're born in America. And so um, this is, this is American Christianity. This is the religion that America has put around Christianity. And it all starts with this concept of the little G God. Uh, I'll read you an excerpt. This is from Creflo Dollar, and this is one of his sermons. He says, 
if horses get together, what do they produce? And the congregation says, horses, right? Yeah. <laughs> Careful dollar says, if dogs get together, what do they produce? Dogs. dogs. Yeah. If cats get together, what do they produce? Cats. Cats. So if the Godhead said, let us make man in our image and everything produces after its own kind, then what did they produce? Little gods. Gods, that's right. Little little G gods. He says, you are not human. Only The only human part of you is the flesh that you're wearing. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he gets this from Genesis chapter 1. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 1 real fast. Okay. Uh, and, of course, we know the, the, the creation story. But this is uh, starting in verse 26. <clears throat> After God has create, created uh, animals, mm-hmm. uh, let's jump up to 24, because this is kind of where Creflo moves into this whole idea, okay? All right. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said to himself, again, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, or rule over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on earth. Okay? So Creflo is basically saying what God did was he reproduced himself. After his own kind. After his own kind, and that was human beings. Okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, so there's several assumptions he's making here. <laughs> I love uh, what's what's the dude from? Um, oh my gosh, it's the most famous music right now. Bethel. Bethel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian um, Johnson. The, say who that again? Brian Johnson. I think it's Brian Johnson. I don't know. It's one of the one of the main preachers there. Oh, the preachers, Todd White. Yeah. Oh, not Todd White. I'm thinking of somebody else then. Anyways, okay. This guy says he says that you actually carry God's DNA inside of you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, there are a lot of issues <laughs> with, with this idea. First off, who is God? In, in the Old Testament, there are, there are several different words we use for God, right? Mm-hmm. The main word that's actually used is Elohim. At least that's the first right? word, yeah. Like yeah, Gen- Genesis 1-1, Elohim, and God created the heaven and the earth, right. Elohim. So, but not only that, Elohim is also used for different creatures besides mm-hmm. God, God. Spiritual okay? beings. That's right. Created beings are also Elohim, heavenly created beings. So you have angels, 
You have Seraphim. You have, uh, say what? Seraphim, Cherubim. Yeah, Seraphim. Exactly. These are these are all Elohim. But every time the in the Old Testament, when it refers to God, it's talking about an elevated Elohim. Okay, yes. this is a big important thing. And then when we have the story of Moses, the first time uh, God reveals His actual name, mm-hmm. Yahweh. Uh, the what is it called? The um, Tetragrammaton. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, Yad Hey Vad Hey. Yes. Yahweh means I am. Okay. And this sets God apart from every other created being. In fact, everywhere we look in the Old Testament, there is God who is set apart, mm-hmm. and there's everybody else. So that's the first issue that I have with this whole idea. It seems that in the Old Testament, God is elevated above everything. Yes. Literally. Okay. Second problem I have with this is it's just bad exegesis. <laughs> he's he's trying to say that 24 and 25 relate to 26 in the fact that God created him, God created us after his kind. Mm-hmm. God doesn't have a kind. God created kind, right? Right. Before God there was no quote unquote kind. There's, there's nobody like God. Right. He's, he's different. Um, and any created thing, by definition, is created. Right. So therefore... And all through the Psalms, we have confirmation of that. Like, yeah. the whole thing, there's none like you. There is... I mean, there, there are all kinds of references to this. Uh, the prophets as well. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah in 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 55 what did he say in verse 8 and 9 my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways like i am elevated way above you like you can't get on my level <laughs> right 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 so there's there there've been several theories and we should do a theonauts sometime on what god is talking about when he says after my image and likeness because mm-hmm. i think it's a really important <clears throat> thing actually um who is it? It's Augustine that really introduced this whole concept of a, a soul or a spirit, right? And that's that's the definition of that's what God's talking about when he creates us after his image and likeness. He gives us a spirit versus all the other animals and everything else don't have one. Right. That's one take on it. And I don't even know if that's a correct take on it. <laughs> um, I think I think there's something that everybody can agree on. What God is talking about here, when he talks about let us create man in our image and likeness, is man is the pinnacle of creation. That's first and foremost. And that's why he tells us to subdue everything, to have dominion over everything. And the other reason I think that God said let us create man in our own image, in our own likeness, is that we are supposed to be his reflection to everything else on earth. So a good example of this, um, if you ever study Egyptian history or any other history during this time, mm-hmm. whenever a king goes and he conquers, you've heard this, right? Whenever whenever a king goes and conquers a city or a village, um, he usually erects a statue. Like that's the first thing he does. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And so the statue is called his image and likeness. And it's to remind everything in that village who the ruler is. Right. Now, the statue itself is a statue. It's nothing more than a statue. It's not like the king cloned himself <laughs> and left a clone of himself in the village. Mm-hmm. He created a statue to remind everybody who the ruler was. And this is what God is doing here in, in Genesis. Yeah. He's, he's creating an image of himself so that everything understands who the ruler is. Well, There's another. Yeah, that's great. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just fixing to say that's that's really good. I think that one of the main things, one of the main points of the passage, is uh, of being sentient. You know, um, you know, being a sentient being. In in other words, uh, the cattle and the dogs and they're not going to respond to God in the same way sentiently. They're they're not capable of. Uh, that type of thought process. And, right. I, and I think that's part of what's being inferred here is that, uh, and I do honestly believe that uh, the form of God, the physical form of God is probably similar to that yeah. of man. And so I, I so I, I do think that uh, like we, when we see Jesus resurrected from the, from the grave, he has a body and it does ascend into heaven, and he comes right out and says, flesh and bone will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, so he is making some definitions and, and differences between a celestial body and a, and a terrestrial body. Um, and so he maintains his form. He's got a face, he's got hands, he's got legs, he's got feet. And so... Um, I do think that that could be also a physical representation is, is what's being mentioned here in the let us build man in our image. Um, so, but the, but the thing that, that gets me, it is a stretch to go, okay, let's build a deity on onto the earth. And the very fact that we're even going there actually goes against everything God teaches man Exactly. Which, you know, one of the things that we've been going through uh, the Old Testament and just looking at what the, the thing that rubs God absolutely <laughs> wrong in such a great way that he starts bringing fire down to heaven from heaven onto people. That is worshiping other gods. Right. Like elevating yourself to a level where you are somehow a god is the exact thing that's gonna that, that gets God's dander up. So, like, uh, we just finished re, uh, studying Second Kings uh, verse uh, chapter seventeen, which is where Israel finally falls to Assyria. And in it, the historian who wrote Second Kings ac- actually goes into a sermon. This is why this happened. They didn't follow God's commands and statutes in in the the kingdom of Israel, and they searched after other gods. And it goes on and on and repeats itself like over and over and over. But the point that he he doesn't go through that list and go, uh, he doesn't go through all the Ten Commandments and be like, they were liars, they were thieves, 
they were adulterers. No, it doesn't go through any of those things. It, it focuses on that number one thing. They went Adult. after other gods. That right. was the biggest thing. Like God was overlooking all kinds of crap, but that he's not going to overlook. Like that is like, okay, if, if I'm your father and you tell me you're no dad of mine, <laughs> I'm going to some other dad. Well, then yeah. that's when the inheritance is like, okay, well, you don't even want my inheritance. <laughs> so, so it's like God is, is intent on not elevating anything to his level. And, right. that, and that especially includes us. <laughs> sure. So it goes against one of the main themes of the Bible or the main focuses of the Bible is that, n- number one, who is God and why did he create this creation in the first place? So God is elevated above everything else. He's the, 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 uh, the creator. He's not created. And he created every single thing for one reason, one reason only. And that's the reason why, by the way, he gives us his image and likeness is to bring him glory. Yes. The number one yes. thing that God is God is about is getting glory, because that's what that's what it's about. And so, um, I mean, I, I pulled some some scriptures here. Uh, turn to Isaiah forty eight uh, if you've got your Bible. Okay. Um, and it's all through Isaiah, by the way. Yeah. But just a couple of. Isaiah verses or Isaiah chapters. forty-eight where uh, verses nine through eleven. It says, "For my name's sake, I defer my anger; for the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver; I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it." For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. I mean, does this sound like God who wants to create little gods? Over and over and over he's saying, for my name's sake. It's for my name's sake that I haven't destroyed you right now. It's for my name's sake that I'm going Mm -hmm. to protect you. It's it's not because of you. It's for me. It's for me. Yes. (laughs) Right? Uh how can my name be profaned? In other words, I'm going to keep my name good because of the covenant that he had made with, mm-hmm. with these guys. Right. And, and then he says this poignant statement and my glory, I will not give to another. Well, whenever you say that you are a little God who contains the DNA of God himself, of mm-hmm. Yahweh, of I am. Yes. You're taking God's glory. Yes. And, for yourself. And no matter how you spin it, you can't get away from that. Like right. um there was one of the of the the sermons that um you sent me by Chris Vallison, uh which which was the one I think you were talking about that said he had a lot of, you know, of sound right. stuff too, but it was also mixed in with this other thing. <clears throat> and it went down this whole path of, of basically whenever you come to this understanding that I am a little God, it's like, well, then where's my power? Like, I, I, I want to use it. Like, okay, well, at that point, where have you, what have you done? You've just completely left God and you've focused on you. And then the next right. breath, he's like, um, 
Well, it's it's a humbling thing. It's because we're doing it through the power of God, but it's because he's our dad. We can do it. We're sons of gods. And um, there's a difference there. <laughs> OK, but but what is the what is the goal here is the goal is the power. That's right. what that's he came right out and basically said that the goal is the power, the ability to perform miracles. That is the primary focus of this entire little God thing in this movement. They're all wanting to be able to produce miracles or at least appear yeah. that they're producing miracles. Benny Hinn, he over and over, he goes through this whole little God thing so that he says that we have the power, we have God's power. And so one of, one of the passages that they are harping on is John 14. Um, oh, yeah. So I want to jump there right quick. This is John 14. Because, um, of course, this is when Jesus is getting ready to uh, be crucified. And he's leaving the earth, and he's giving them the basic, basically a farewell speech. And he says there in um, verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Okay, so this whole thing where he says greater works, you will do greater works than what I'm doing. Man, these preachers were grabbing that and saying, I'm greater than Jesus. Like, like... I don't know if that's exactly verbatim, but it was real close. Well, in fact, yeah, it was verbatim. They said we are supposed to be greater than Jesus. Jesus was the firstborn, yes. and now we are superseding him, which is so, so dangerous. Greater things. It goes against the whole thing. Yeah, like he, he was going, like uh, that Chris Volatin was going through this, this thing, a repeat after me type of thing, and it, basically I will do greater things than Jesus was in that. And it's like, wait a minute. Jesus died on the cross for the entire sins of the world. It doesn't get greater than that. Like, right. like stop it. Like you can't beat that. Like that, yeah. that is like the pinnacle. Like there's nothing greater than that. And yeah. So, okay. So, uh, you, you hit on something good and I, I, I want to hold off the whole Holy spirit thing. Because that's what he's talking about here, yes. in John fourteen, right? I want to go and I want to ask the question. Okay, so, and again, I split this up into two ideas here. Okay, the point is, whenever you have little God theology, your focus shifts, yes, and it shifts from God, and it shifts to self, yes. Okay, so according to the little God theology, then why did Jesus? die on the cross. Well, number one, so, so I could have power. Could, yes. So that we could become little gods mm -hmm. again. Yeah. We could be connected back to God, but not only that, we could actually be God on earth doing these miracle signs and wonders. Number two, so that we could be saved. But the, 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 question is and that's a good answer we can be saved but saved from what and their answer is well 
of course, saved from sin. But not only that, you can be saved from any type of hardship, right? You can be saved from any type of sickness. You can be saved from any type of of um, money problem. You can be saved from everything so that you can be healthy, wealthy, um, happy, and wise, right? Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus died, so that you could be have have this abundant life, but not not abundant life as you and I think of it. Yeah, abundant life meaning I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank. I'm going to be able to proclaim whatever I want on earth, um, so that we can be rich, right? And then not only that, so that we can have the power of God. And one of the big things that they focus in is the the power of our words. Because how did God create everything? He spoke well, it into existence. Exactly. He spoke it into existence. So if you are a little God with the DNA of God, and you've been connected through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. who has shown you this path of being a little God, then, then you can literally speak things into being. I watched one of these name it claim it pastors talk about the book The Secret. Oh yeah. Right? Which is this uh <laughs> terrible book about basically the power of your words, power of positive thinking, yeah. all of that. And it all stems from this. He's like, you know, I could have written that book years ago. It's basically what it means to be a Christian. You have the power to speak things into being. So if you and you watch the most famous clip clip right now of this uh, name it claim it stuff is uh um oh, oh what's his name saying COVID nineteen <laughs> oh yeah yeah Kenneth Copeland yeah. Kenneth Copeland he says yeah. COVID nineteen and he goes I blow you out of existence or whatever <laughs> yeah and he's saying these you know words it's like I fixed it I fixed the whole COVID nineteen problem funny thing is is we're having a spike again, aren't we? Yeah. Like it hasn't gone away. So apparently, Kenneth, you don't have your power. Uh, Melody Copeland, which is Kenneth's wife, was being interviewed, and she was talking about having power over the elements. She <laughs> said verbatim, this is what she says, we don't fly in bad weather, but I have watched <laughs> Kenneth when we're flying and we see a tornado go down. I saw Kenneth rebuked that tornado and i watched it go back up and ah. he's like that's the power and my thing is like you totally contradicted yourself if you have that power why are you not flying in inclement weather weather whenever you want right mm. so, <laughs> so it's just ridiculousness it's absolutely ludicrous that that we that they believe this but the whole point is so why did jesus die well what's the real answer of why jesus died and we know why Jesus died, right? Um, Philippians 2, let's turn there real quick. This is the best, to me, this is the best argument against all of it. Yeah. And it's the the gospel in a nutshell. Um, Look at... uh, Verse 5, starting verse 5. Okay. Philippians 2, verse 5. It says, Have this mind among you, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through he, or though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Exactly. So this is, uh, in a nutshell, the gospel, and it basically says this, Jesus, who literally is God, right, Mm-hmm. came, humbled himself, stripped everything, uh, stripped his godhood, came to, not godhood, but stripped his godly attributes, came in the form of a man, humbled himself to the point of the cross, died, was buried, resurrected. And then I, I really want to focus on that very last little thing. Why did why did Jesus die? Well, mm-hmm. it was to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. The purpose, the number one purpose for Jesus' death was the glory of God the Father. But what did it do for us? Number one, it it ransomed us, right? We were in the kingdom of darkness, right? born into sin. So it ransomed us into the kingdom of light. It brought us, uh, it bought us it, it out of slavery, bondage of sin, through the propitiation, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the blood offering, which covered our sins, past, present, and future. It adopted us, right, into God's family, which is very distinctly different than being a little God, right? which is what they like to compare it to. Well, you're, you know, you're God's son or God's daughter, and that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Through the blood of Christ, you're adopted as sons uh, to God. Adoption, that mean... adoption being a very important part of that. Exactly. That doesn't mean you are God. Yeah. We're we're co-heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. And what they'll say is, well, that means that you are on the same level as Jesus Christ. So that's not what that means. <laughs> so let, let's take this to like a personal thing for me. So um my daughter, she adopted an Ethiopian boy, Shepherd. Now Shepherd is her and Stephen's son. Absolutely. Um, but Shepherd does not share their DNA. No. And, and there is nothing he can do to get their DNA. Right. Like, it doesn't make him not their son, but, but at the same time, he's not going to have their genes. And, and so I think this is a similar uh, way of looking at us and God is that we are adopted into this family. We're, we're, we're not made of the same stuff that God is made of. The essence, yeah. The, 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 yes, the spiritual essence of God. But we are still valid sons the same way that Shepherd is very much the, my grandson. Like, he's as much of my grandson as, the, as their natural-born uh, child. So right, and so the point of that being, God is still God, and we are still. But also, and the funny thing they skip over is we are also now bond servants 
of God, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're called to serve Him. We're called to worship Him. Right. We're called to focus on His glory. In fact, Matthew five sixteen, right? Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and give glory to you, right? That's what it says. Right. No, no, it says <laughs> let them see your good works and give glory to God the Father. Well, what is that doing? Well, it's restoring our very purpose, which is to be God's image and likeness on earth. That's what Jesus did whenever he died on the cross. He restored us to be what we were meant to be, not restored us to Godhood. That has nothing to do with it. It restored us to having a right relationship with God so that we can glorify him which is the whole purpose of creation to begin with, right? We're called to give God glory. It's why we worship. It's funny that these guys who are saying that we're little G gods, and you know, honestly, actually, in a lot of the worship songs, if you go back and listen to the theology of some of the worship songs that are coming out of this, it's almost like they are worshiping themselves rather than the creator, mm-hmm. which, which is... I mean, John, or not John, uh, Paul points to that very severely in Romans chapter 1 when he talks about them worshiping the created rather than the creator, therefore God giving them over to their selfish desires, their lusts. Right, right. And isn't isn't that what these guys are after anyways? Oh, yeah. They're after the selfish desires. Worshiping worshiping the creation. Right. You remember when we, we did that? Uh, news about T.D. Jakes telling his church that he, God, you know, God told him they need a new G6 plane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's a great picture of somebody worshiping himself <laughs> and having a selfish desire. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Which, I mean, go ahead. Well, a lot of a lot of where they're coming from on a lot of this is just simply twisting scriptures anyway. So um, a good example is I wanted to look at Psalms 82. Okay, so Psalms 82 is one of them that Benny Hinn uses um, for this theology. And in it, he's, um, I'm going to read it from the NIV. And, and yes. honestly, I had, to, I had to kind of flip around to find a translation that yields itself to, <laughs> to Benny's usage. So I'm going to use the sure. good old NIV. NIV. <laughs> Actually, this is in the NASB too, which is kind of crazy to me because is really? the NASB is supposed to be one of these uber literal translations. Yeah. And I think they did it wrong, but go ahead. Okay, so Psalm 82, verse 1 says in the NIV, God presides in the great assembly and he renders judgment among the gods. Um, so here's his argument Who is this assembly? Who's the congregation? Like I, the translation he was using that I watched was congregation. That God yeah. God is presiding in this great congregation and renders judgment among the God's little g. That's how it's yeah. translated. Um, and he's like, who's that talking about? Why? That's talking about us. We're the gods that he's talking about there. We're the, in the great assembly that God is... Well, first off, this is completely taking this 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 text out of context, and and not even um, 
Well, it would jump down to verse six, even. Uh, yeah. And it was like, I said, you are gods and you are all sons of the most high. And and so um, but you were but you will die like mere mortals. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> so it, it's there's this this ide- ideology here that he's talking to us, that we're the target audience of this this text. Um, right. Well, I want to go to, of all things, the Passion Translation. Go, go, <laughs> go figure, right? Yeah, seriously. What's wrong with you, Passion Translation? Okay, so, and, you know, the Passion Translation may get slapped around because Brian Simmons is a very outspoken, odd fellow. <laughs> and, um, but that being said, there is some deep theology behind the the the, the word choices that that he is that he's choosing right. here. Uh, he goes to the Aramaic a lot, like he's a big fan of the Aramaic text. So, verse one, it doesn't even read the same at all in, in this translation. So, listen to what it says here. It says, "All rise, for God now comes to judge, as He convenes heaven's courtroom." And he judges every judge and rules over every ruler. Okay, so the word God that was used in uh, the NIV is translated here as judge. Yeah. Okay, it's completely different context or completely different um, meaning. In verse six is the same word, right? Yes, verse six. Yeah. I did. Didn't I commission you as judges, saying? You are all like gods since you judge on my behalf. You are all like sons of the Most High, <laughs> my representatives. So, and this is, this is closer to the original text. This is really what was being said in the original language. He, he is basically saying, uh, he's talking about the nations, the judges of yeah. the nations. He's not, he's not even talking about uh, you and I as Christians. In no. modern day, I mean, this is so. What it is is it's completely twisting these passages yeah. from the original intent to make it fit this narrative that we are somehow, you know, godlike beings. Yeah, yeah, and the, but it's it's a uh, it's a tactic that's a tale as old as time. I, I really want to go back to the the actual root of this whole thing, and I believe it started in the garden. What's the what's the very first thing yes. that Satan tempts uh, Eve with? You will be like God. Exactly. If you eat it, it that's why God doesn't want you to eat this fruit, because if you do so, you'll be a little God. Exactly. <laughs> what's amazing is this this lie has permeated now American Christianity. Mm. To the point where, and this is what's so sad, Joel Steen has the biggest church in America. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not only that, but I love, uh, John Piper does a great um, talk about this. And he basically says, we're exporting this junk all over the world. Yes. And telling, telling poor Africans who have no money, that if they just have enough faith in the fact of who they are, not who God is, mm. but who they are, 
that they can have another cow or that their mom will suddenly jump up from malaria or you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yeah. the sad thing is, is, and not only that, but people like Todd White are literally going out on the streets and deceiving people with parlor tricks. Yeah. Let's stretch your leg. Let's <laughs> to stretch your leg thing to try to trick them into believing this bull crap. Mm. And it all comes, it all goes back to the father of all lies, Satan. And Satan is so good at twisting scripture. Oh, he yeah. uses it. You know, we see Jesus in Matthew the temptation four, and yeah. twisting truth. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a kernel of truth to what Satan said to Eve in the garden. Oh yeah, right? you will not surely die. You will, like you will not surely die is a, is a kernel of truth, and you will be able to tell the difference between right and wrong is a kernel of truth. But the whole idea of being a little god is a total lie, and so. All of this stuff, I mean, again, the focus shifts from worshiping God to worshiping ourselves. Well, so, you lose the, 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 the concept of depravity mm-hmm. um, in, in this. And I think that, that that is damning from a personal level. Like, when you don't think that you are totally depraved, like, if you, uh, that, that you don't have the ability to be good like if you don't if you don't grasp that then you'll torture yourself to death because deep down you'll start to realize man i'm just not there and all these people around me are well they're not but you think they are because of these teachings right and so it begins to eat away at you until you either abandon your faith completely um and give up because you can't make it. You can't be like everyone else that you think is is uh, performing to their godly abilities <laughs> or whatever it is that they have. Um, but, you know, I, w- I wanted to go back to this whole John 14 passage for a minute because um, uh, mm. I want to talk about the context. Of, too, so I'm glad I'm glad you're doing this. Good. So, well, I just wanted to talk to the context of Jesus's statement. When he sure. says that you will do greater things than I, um, first off, I want to go back and look at at uh, the context of that passage a little bit more, so um, right. um, to to understand what Jesus is talking about, because where everybody wants to go in in this in this discussion is miracles, like that's that's what they that's where they go. Well, if Jesus did this miracle, he walked on the water, then I'll be able to walk on the ocean. I mean, I'll be able to do greater. We haven't seen that on any of these prosperity guys' dockets. No one's walking on water yet. So, so, okay, we're waiting. You're supposed to do greater. But anyway, they, they take it to the point of miracles. Like, that's where power, that's where they're looking, that's what they're looking for. Now let's yeah. now let's look at what Jesus is saying though. He says, um, "Let me back up. Let's see. Verse. Let's start with verse nine. How the conversation starts is Jesus is talking to Philip, and Philip is is like, I don't I, I don't know what to do when you're gone. 
And <laughs> Jesus is a little upset at this. Jesus is like, well, what, what, you've been here all along. He's, he says, verse 9, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. And truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. So notice, first off, he says, because you'll do greater works than me because I'm going to the Father. So in other words, I've got 33 years on this earth and I'm gone. Okay, if you've been here David, if you're going to be on the earth at least 50 years, you should have a few more works under your belt than what I had at age 33. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, so he's talking about the things, the works he's doing. So why do we go to miracles immediately? Like, why is that the place we got to go? He's not talking about miracles. He's He's talking about the job. He's talking about the thing that needs to happen, the word, the gospel that needs to move throughout the world. He's like, you guys are going to, as the Romans said, turn the world upside down. And so when he says you're going to do greater than me, he's not saying this in terms of you're going to be more powerful than me or you're going to do more miracles than me. or What he's saying is that because I'm leaving you're going to have the opportunity to continue this. You're going to have the opportunity to grow it and take it beyond what I could take it because I've only been here 33 years and I've got to leave. Exactly. And so that's the context of the passage. It's not trying to tell us that we're going to, that we're greater than Jesus in any way. Like that's ridiculous. It's blasphemous to go there. Yeah. Exactly. And and I want to point out in this same passage, verse 16 and 17, okay. how are we going to do these works or how are we going to spread this gospel? Right. Mm-hmm. And is it through our own power? We do that. And the answer is emphatically no. no. The Bible says that we hold these scriptures and or we hold these truths in jars of clay. That is what we are. <laughs> Very good. That's a great passage for this whole this whole thing. Yeah, we're simply jars of clay carrying the message. Yeah, the, the disciples they were jars that got broken for the message of Jesus Christ. But everything that they did do, and they did do miracles. And I don't believe for a second. I, I don't believe that miracles have ceased. I believe that if God wants to, He can do miracles through us at any point. Right. Any miracle. But every time he does a miracle, it's not us doing it. And that's the biggest lie out of all this. Mm. It's him doing it through the Holy Spirit. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper 
that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. Mm. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. This is a relationship, right? Yes. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and I will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. The point is this. Anytime we continue in righteousness, which is the work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're not doing it on our own power. We're not little gods. We, right. we cannot obtain sinless perfection. We can't be miracle workers. We can't speak things into being. That's gods and gods alone. But yeah. what we do have is something far more precious. We have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which allows us allows us, if he so chooses, to do anything he wants in us, <laughs> including kill us for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about over and over again whenever he's in prison saying, I'm suffering for the gospel. Yes. <laughs> right? All the that's thi- the whole thing. All the things. And if there is anything that should put a nail in this prosperity gospel coffin, it is historical reference to every man we know that was a devout follower through in scripture like every one of them like of the 12 apostles 11 of them went to a horrific death and the 12th one didn't get it easy he was boiled alive in oil and and survived it yeah (laughs) like like these guys did not have an easy time of it. And I just, I, you know, and it's that's an offense the to I, all martyrs. This, this, this right. whole, this whole, um, this whole doctrine is an offense to every martyr who ever died in service well, of Jesus. I think it's a slap in the face and the plethora of scripture we have where Jesus says, you're going to suffer for me. Mm. Right. You're going to give up everything for me, you know, and and that's the truth. The the reality is, is, but what he says, that's why, I I don't know, I think the rich young ruler, and I I keep coming back to this, rich young ruler, I think is the number one (laughs) sermon and lesson that needs to be taught in America more than any other lesson and sermon right now, Mm -hmm. Um, especially to the name it and claim it people, because what he says is so powerful. You, if you desire to live forever, then you will, in pursuit of me, give up everything. Choose to give it up willingly. And, you know, and then you're going to get back tenfold 
mm. what you gave up later, <laughs> right? With suffering. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I you know, well, and in a and look at uh, you know both Peter and Paul saying things like, "I count it all joy that I suffer yeah. with with Jesus," because think of the honor of that. And it's it's like uh, is as painful as their suffering was, there was an honor in it because they were like, "I'm I'm doing this because he suffered even more." Yeah, that I may know him in his sufferings, right? Yes, I'm. Paul says I'm filling up what was lacking mm. through my suffering. Yeah, uh, you know those are great messages, and I think that that. The sad thing is, is when somebody has a terminal illness, the first thing we want to jump to is, well, God will heal you, right? Mm -hmm. Let's pray and we have to have faith. Um, but the better message is the suffering is temporary. Eternity is is eternity. Yes. And if, Look to eternity and, and if, have faith. And if God can be glorified through an actual healing, then that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, but even if but there's not, no guarantees he gets that. glory. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Very good. Whew. Powerful stuff. Yeah. All, All right. right. What time is it? Do we have time for uh Yeah, we can do a few news if you wanna. All right, I got just a couple things. All right, let's do it. Um the first one is so sad. Ian Holm, the star of the Lord of the Rings and Chariots of Fire has passed away. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo, Bilbo went on the boat with the elves. Okay, so never seen again. <laughs> so um, it's funny the the first time I saw that man act was 1979. Alien, Ridley <laughs> Ridley Scott's Alien. Do you do you remember his role? On Alien, yeah, he was the. No, I don't. He was the. Who was he? He was the android, the one who uh, they didn't know he was an android. They didn't. Yeah, until he died, right? Yeah, he until he flipped out. White crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a total freak out moment, and uh, <laughs> messed me up as a little ten year old kid that snuck in and saw rated R film. <laughs> Oh, man. The second uh, thing in news, and we didn't do the news thing, did we? Oh, well. I did, but you talked over it. It was fine. It worked. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, you can't hear the stingers. So, disclaimer, Jeremiah gets a little grace because he can't hear the stingers. At all, but that's okay. Um, so, I don't know if you saw on Monday a clip of Louis Giglio. Did you hear about this at all? No. Oh, my gosh. So Louis Giglio is interviewing Lecrae about the Black Lives Matter stuff. Okay. And talking about white privilege. And he literally said, oh, and he's talking with Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy. Mm. And he says, you know, maybe it's because we use the word white privilege that whites don't get it. Maybe we should call it white blessing. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness so the inference being that god has blessed yeah, he's the white, blessed the white people 
Exactly. Poor Louie. He's probably... And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so there was a huge, like, backlash because of it. And Louie Giglo, you should watch the uh, video where he apologizes because he's, like, it's almost like he's shaking, like, in tears because he oh, realized sure. what he said. And he's just like, I'm such an idiot. Um, so he is... He has since made, tweeted an apology. He said, I, like so many, am so burdened about what is happening in our nation right now, and I'm heartbroken about where we are as a nation. One of the things I'm most heartbroken about is trying to help myself continue to learn and help my white brothers and sisters understand that white privilege is real. And trying to get that sentiment across on Sunday, I used the phrase white blessing, for which I am deeply sorry. <laughs> it was a horrible choice of words. He's absolutely right. Um, he said, I I wasn't okay with it even as I sat there. Oh, this is Lecrae responding. He said, I wasn't okay with it even as I sat there. I was very uncomfortable and I was processing, man, how do I, what do I say in life of this? <laughs> <laughs> how do I respond to Louis Giglio just saying white blessing instead of white privilege? So anyways, give some grace to pastors and leaders as they're trying to navigate this very touchy horrible you know problem in america and and understand that they may not be racist they just don't understand well you know and that's part of the whole point of, right. of the whole white privilege thing is that we can't yeah. really speaking from um a white privilege perspective uh sure. can't relate you know uh you know we haven't walked in those those shoes and so but you know there are also there are tons of factors like that um you know the you know, women's privileges and things of that nature that I can't relate to either because I've never walked in those shoes so it's it is hard to navigate and hard to talk to because you either sound like you're pandering or you sound like you're you know, just uh, flicking it off like it's not a thing. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I even think, I, you know, at one point we talked about when, when Black Lives Matter first came out, and I cringe thinking about if anybody goes back and listens to one of our episodes where I actually said, well, all lives matter. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I didn't get it. Like, I just didn't get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, well, black lives do matter, and uh, and we need to fix it. Just uh, tell us how. <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? Whew. Okay, and today in church history. Oh, wait a minute. I got a sound effect. Yeah. I, I got to fire off. Hang on. Here it comes. Hop in the TARDIS. I haven't got to be in the TARDIS in a while. Man, I miss the real Doctor Who. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Well, Andrew, my problem with you saying that. <laughs> it is not because the new doctor who's a woman at all. Okay, I would have good, no good. problem with that. She's just a bad doctor who. <laughs> okay. All right. Today in church history, Galileo recanted before no! his inquisition. Galileo That's Galilee. That's right. So Galileo Galilee, you may know him as observing. Was he the creator of the the telescope? 
Um, no. I think, okay. I think that was Copernicus. Well, I don't know. But he did observe or make no, he made through his mathematical calculations and through observation the statement that he thought that the sun was the center of the universe and mm-hmm. not the earth. Yeah. And yeah. according to Catholic dogma at the time, this was a heresy. Yes. Um, because they believed that the Bible taught that the earth was the center of the universe. And so he was called in to the Inquisition. And I love some of the statements he says. He says, don't make me say that I've not been a good Catholic, for I have been one and will remain one no matter what my enemies say. And I will not say that I intended to deceive anyone, especially with the publication of my book. I submitted it in good faith to the church censors and printed it only after legally obtaining a license. Little known fact, you had to submit your books to the church in order to obtain a license to print them back then. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. It, it was a different world. It was a different world. So You know, separation say, uh, between church and state is a very new concept. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Strikingly new. So, so he had to recant, mm. and he says, I recant, shaking his head. He yes. said, I recant, yes. knowing he was right. Well, because he and was going to get know, killed. Science <laughs> he didn't want to get burned at the yeah. stake but over the sun, no. over, <laughs> over the position of the sun. He knew he was right the whole time. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Oh. <laughs> so that happened on this date in what year? Let's see. That happened in, I think, 1633. Yeah. And he was 69 years old. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh, well. Just We're sorry, Galileo. Just wanted to die happy, nice, comfortable (laughs) position. You know, it's not worth dying over. Right. All right. So uh, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let me pull up my script here. You got it? I already had it pulled up. Oh, I was man, ready. Man, you are so on top of things. You would I think know. you would think that we haven't even missed a beat. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Uh, visit our website at theonotspodcast.com for show notes and out- outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonots at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line. We haven't had a voicemail in forever. So somebody call yeah. us 972 972- 885-7270. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts, or you can follow us on uh, Instagram at Theonautical and, uh, you know, drop us a line, tell us hello, and uh, we'll respond probably. Maybe. If you like us and want more Theonauts, <laughs> drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. And don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. 
All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. All right, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com. Dan, what is your deal? If anybody doesn't know, Dan is the worst.